is a lifestyle. Sports cards and we live now. Jeremy Lee in the building and every guest that you ever needed. Sports cards after hours keep the hobby heated. Updates, hobby talk like you never seen it. Sports cards live and nothing could ever beat it. Sports cards is a lifestyle. Sports cards and we live now. Welcome to another episode of Sports Cards Live with your host, Jeremy Lee. All right, everybody, welcome to episode number 204 of Sports Cards Live. It is Saturday night, November the 18th, 2023. My name is Jeremy Lee. I would like to thank everybody who tuned in last time. Our guests, we had a multi-segment episode. Jeff Wilson, followed by Mikey Singer and Amita Cheria, talked about the Expo. That was a great show last weekend. Next Saturday, our guest is Brian Wells who is the founder of Ship My Cards. That should be a great episode. Tomorrow night on the channel, Josh Madigan joins me from the Hockey Cards Gong Show for our weekly PWCC hockey auction coverage. And on Monday, Michael Hathaway joins me for our weekly MC Mondays live eBay auction coverage. Both shows are always a blast and highly educational. Please join us. I'd like to ask you to join half a million people who have downloaded the Center Stage app across both iOS and Android for quick comps and card management features. Their app is the fastest and most accurate at card shows or at home to help you price your cards. You can build, organize, and share your collections with friends and find other collectors to follow using their social sharing features. Marketplace features are coming soon, so check out their Instagram account and please join me in supporting the great team they have and the innovation they are undertaking. Also, use protection, practice safe swaps. Veriswap is an app and middleman service that lets you securely trade trade cards through the mail. Every transaction up to $1 million in value is fully insured by their guarantee. Check them out on iOS and Android. It is now live in Canada and will be opening a Canadian hub soon for a limited time. They are offering a free trade to anybody who adds 10 hockey cards to their account. There's a referral link in the video description below. Also, shout out Leighton Sheldon and Just Collect. He will be joining us for the Vintage Spotlight segment a little bit later tonight. And finally, ComC is now supporting tag-graded cards, and Tag is soon to roll out the new Tag X service, which will be a game-changer. So be sure to go to taggrading.com and join the mailing list and join their, their uh, Facebook and Discord communities. I want to thank all Sports Cards Live sponsors and partners for your ongoing support. And always thank you to all of you loyal viewers and listeners. If you're not yet subscribed to the YouTube channel or the podcast, please take a moment to do so. And all as always tonight, your comments and your questions are in play. All right, let's get to tonight's guest. He started in the hobby in 1983, buying Topps baseball cards at the gas station and the Little Rock baseball card shop, chasing Willie McGee and Ozzie Smith of the St. Louis Cardinals. His favorite teams are the Houston Arrows, Texas, Texan, the Texans, the Rockets, the St. Louis Cardinals, the LA Dodgers because of Mookie and Baylor University. And he is slowly being persuaded to become a Toronto Maple Leafs fan. His favorite athletes of all time are Charles Barkley, Andre Johnson, Mookie Betts, Jose Altuve, Bob Gibson, and Nolan Ryan, originally from St. Louis, Missouri, currently hailing from Houston, Texas. Let's bring him out. David Ratliff, welcome to Sports Cards Live, buddy. How are you? I'm doing great. That I now realize I gave you a lot more than a mouthful on that introduction. So, but... You know, compared to also the number of sponsors you have to cover, I mean, you've got to come heavy into this show, I feel like. So anyway, thank you very much for that. Uh, I appreciate yeah. getting all that out. <laughs> my, my pleasure. My pleasure. It's good to have you. Uh, it's been, been a, a while coming. I've been, uh, we've been, we got to meet for the first time in person 
at uh, Dave Marino's uh, Cards and Cards and Cocktails event at the yeah. National just back in July. I remember you were standing. I think you were standing with Coach Co. Was. was it? And uh, I came over and said hello. We had some nice conversation. And since then, I said, yeah, well, we'll definitely get you on the show uh, eventually. And, um, you know, I do schedule this out a few months. So yes. here we are. Here we are. It's good to have you on. You are very active on Instagram. You have been in the hobby, again, like I just said, since really 1983, opening those. And when we were chatting the other day, you know, I used to open 83 Tops Baseball, too. Mm-hmm. Ryan Sandberg. Yeah. Uh, uh, Tony Gwynn. Right, Wade Boggs. I mean, those are uh, those were three key '80s Hall of Fame baseball rookie cards. Do you still have any of those to this day? Oh yeah, definitely. And uh, you know, as I had also kind of transitioned into the autograph world, um, I do not have a Tony Gwynn rookie auto yet. Um, those kind of got away from me, but no, I I actually love that for autographs. Uh, but I also, I, you know, totally understand why some people would, you know, just like to collect it anyway. But, yeah, it's still one of my favorite sets of all time. It's a great set because you've got you've got the action shot and then you got the head shot in the, the corner. Head, the head shot just makes it, right? Right. Yeah. Um, those, so. were, those were great. They did it in hockey in the 84, 85 Tops and Opeachy sets to the Steve Eiserman rookie year. Okay. And uh, oh, I remember putting those sets together and just loving that extra picture on the front. Yes. That was, yes. At the time, it felt revolutionary, even though you go back to the 50s <laughs> in baseball and you've got action shots. and With the big and, head. Yeah. Right. 55, yeah. 56 come to mind, of course, yep. right there. So let's, let's just learn a little bit about you before we dive into our topics. A bit more about your history and the hobby. I mean, again, you started in 83. Uh, yep. you, run, you run a one-man show company right now called Signed and Slabbed. Maybe just take us through the progression. You know, how did you go from 83 buying cards at the gas station, searching for your cardinals to uh, starting signed and slab and maybe let people know what signed and slab is? Yeah. So, um, you know, as most collectors, I just I played baseball as a kid, got interested in it and discovered the cards. So I started collecting those by about 1988. I also had sort of discovered 86 Fleer basketball and some of the football stuff as well. And my parents actually ran in like a, a bookkeeping and accounting tax return sort of service. So they were they were entrepreneurs that way. And um, they encouraged me. I was spending so much money of my allowance at that point. They, they encouraged me to open a shop. And so we did. As a as basically a sophomore um, in high school, because the the small town that I lived in in Arkansas at that time didn't have a shop, but we had a bunch of people that would come through, especially in the summer from Memphis, and so I opened I opened that store and ran it while I was in high school, and then ultimately, you know, and and we were direct. I had a direct relationship with Upper Deck. And uh, in one of the other, I don't think I ever got tops, but maybe I had Fleer at that point. And, uh, you know, use a lot of that extra inventory when I was in college. And so I, I was still doing a lot of buying and selling of cards in college. That so was like 91 to 95. After I graduated, Baylor moved to Houston is when I got into the autograph world. Um, and so I did a lot of in-person autograph seeking and then a lot of stuff at shows. And, you know, by, by trade, I was an accountant and 
you know, in accounting and finance for the, in the energy trading commodity space for 20 plus years. And had most recently been a CFO at an energy brokerage uh, firm here in Houston. And I kind of realized maybe I needed a break, but also my son was only going to be around a couple more years before heading off to college. And that just really, that just kind of hit me as, you know, I, the corporate world will still be there, but I want to be available to do that stuff with him. And so, you know, a little over two and a half years ago, I, I left corporate America of my own accord and started just trying to do sign and slab, um, which, you know, my specialty is really the autograph, especially autograph rookies or other kind of autograph cards. But, you know, I chose the name sign and slab because I, you know, I wanted people to understand I, I love autographs, but I also like the slab cards. I, co I collect a lot of cards. My core collection is more vintage, um, but I like things that are signed. I like things that are slab. I especially like things that are both. Uh, that's really my specialty. And so, you know, that's when I, that was honestly, Jeremy, when I started my first sort of social media account and, you know, saw people on Instagram and got going from there and have just built the following since then so that that's kind of how i've gotten to here and now i'm now i'm seeing if i can keep doing it so that i i don't have to go back to corporate america or you know possibly even looking at you know are there positions actually within the hobby with some of the companies that that might make sense for somebody with my background and skill set so we'll see what happens but for now i am trying to you know be the sign and slab guy um and 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 you know having fun with that uh i i enjoy going to the shows people you know like you had seen me at the national they've seen me they'll, you'll always see me normally at the dallas card show you'll catch me as an attendee at, at the houston shows but i put more on my calendar for 2024 so i will be in atlanta at culture collision uh i'm talking to a couple people about trying to get out to burbank uh i've mentioned to you and my other the canadians have always been super nice to me despite my complete lack of knowledge and understanding of hockey and and i don't collect it at all but i've hit it off with with yourself coach co uh the, the cartel uh hit them high so uh several others so i uh but the you know a little name drop there for for my for my best buds but uh, i want to come to the expo at some point so um, yeah, I've, I've enjoyed especially that part of the social media aspect of the hobby because I, I wouldn't have met most of you people if it weren't for for Instagram. So that's what the social media does. It, it helps really uh, build this community and bring people together uh, that are of like mind. And uh, it's it's a great thing. I mean, we, we make so many friends that we otherwise just wouldn't have if it weren't for the for the hobby. You left yep. corporate America two and a half years ago. So we have that in common. We both transitioned out of finance careers and okay. into the hobby full time. So another another commonality that we have and something that, uh, you know, perhaps we will continue to bond over as the months and years go by and we sort of support each other and others uh, that are trying to, you know, that are, they're just love this space so much and really just want to dive right into it let's say a couple of hellos jake doll happy saturday ha saturday good to have you justin bode good to see you punt past clicks as mega comment post his mega comment <laughs> uh, a little bit of a 
foreshadowing of one of the topics to come. Sylvain Lashwine, good to see you. Welcome to the show. Hobby Champs, LGC, what's going on? Good to see you. Two Cent Hockey Cards. Justin Boat says, that's a lot of St. Louis, baby. I'll take it. Robert Scott, good evening. Jeff McMahon. Justin says, you got to love the memories of buying the packs from the gas. I mean, that's what it was. It was corner stores. It was absolutely gas station. Like, you know, and I mean, guys, these weren't, they weren't even like where I live. The gas stations weren't also a convenience store at that time. So like, you know, you went in and there might be a little bit of bubble gum and some candy. And then always like on the bottom rung, there's these boxes of tops sitting there waiting for you. And wow, inflation. Back then, 25 cents a pack, man, would get it done. Um, Those days are long gone. But My $2 a week allowance bought me eight packs every weekend in the... In the early 80s. Stukes, what's going on? Nick Hatton, welcome to the show. Orlando is here. Welcome as always. Fellow five ball. Lashwine says, quite the inspiring story. Congrats on making the transition from corporate. I know, I know Lashwine is looking to do something similar. Mark Santucci, the Toronto Expo card-wise was great. Weather-wise was very tolerable. Uh, it was it was very good. And no, my wife did not come with me. Colin Murray, what's going on? Welcome to the show and Cousins Collectibles podcast in the house. What's going on, Tony and Oz? Good to see you, fellas. All right. All right, David. Let's get into our topics and let's start with the one that is uh, most present on. If you are on Instagram, if you are on Instagram or you watch some YouTube in the past 24, maybe uh, even a bit more, 24 and maybe 34 hours or so. Yeah. Um, you have seen uh, what's been happening with the sports card therapist, Mr. Rob Gerard. Uh, he, he, Rob Gerard is a, a friend of mine. We've, we've done content together. He's been doing content for about two and a half years now. I would say David, when we started a sports card therapist podcast and a very popular podcast, a very popular Instagram account and uh, an all around pretty nice guy. And, uh, but he made a bid on eBay on an Eli Manning prism gold out of 10, a refractor. I don't know when this was. It may be in the last 30, 60 days, something like that. Made a bid. What is now, and what's come out of this is that a lot of people are talking about the term mega bid, which is just a slang term for a big bid that you put to win a card that should just like dunk on every other bid that might go, might be made by other people. I've made, I've made, what we're now calling mega bids myself in the past. And uh, a lot of people have made mega bids. We've seen a, a chain on Instagram today of people sharing <laughs> their me- cards that they've mega bid and, and now own. Uh, Rob made a mega bid on this Eli Manning card and was caught off guard when the card sold for the amount of the mega bid, or as we as we understand. So the card might have been at eight hundred dollars, and he bid eighteen fifty, eighteen hundred and fifty, thinking he'll win it for a thousand or eleven hundred, but it was bid up to eighteen fifty, and that's what he won the auction for. But he failed to pay for it. He just didn't pay for the auction, and he has been called out for that. I guess the underbidder was was reached out to by the seller, and I might not have this technically correct, but the gist will be all right. He was reached out to by the by the the, the seller saying second chance offer, would you like it? Underbidder said, yeah, I think I'll take it. But can you tell me who the winner was that didn't take it? 
And the seller said, sure, here it is. Uh, here's the guy's uh, YouTube account. Or sorry, sorry, eBay account. Okay. ID, yeah. So the underbidder went to that eBay account, looked at it, and saw a couple cards for sale that he thought, oh, I think I've seen those before. Put two and two together and realized that those were uh, Rob Gerard's cards and realized that Rob didn't pay for the auction. And then documented it with, with his chain of evidence on Instagram in a series of story posts yesterday. And this has since taken on a life of its own. And Rob's uh, Rob's error in judgment, hobby faux pas, uh, uh, what a lot of people are looking at to be um, something that, you know, is really over the line, um, was not paying for the auction. Because when you place a bid on eBay, David, that is a contract. You place a bid, that is a contract. Whenever I put in a bid, and I put in some stupid big mega bids before, like I've I've put in, I just I shared it on Insta on on Instagram today. There's a card that I wanted. It was sitting about fifteen hundred dollars. I put in a bid of sixty one hundred eleven dollars and eleven cents, and it ended at twenty nine hundred and something. I didn't know what I was going to win it for, but I would have paid right up to sixty one hundred eleven dollars and eleven cents because I knew that there's a chance that other people might mega bid as well especially on a really important card that maybe doesn't come up very often rob didn't expect that is my understanding and uh and then it was other, i think there were at least two other people that put in really high bids yeah and they ended up being the same amount which at first i was suspicious of how could those be the same amount that seems weird almost sounds coordinated but then i realized david when you put a bid in on ebay and you don't win it ebay auto gives you three or four options and then if you touch one, so I think that's what happened. I think the two people that were underbidders at eighteen twenty-seven or whatever the amount was, yeah. I think those are eBay preset amounts. That is plausible to me. That that makes sense. So, but Rob didn't pay. He thought that those were shill bids, or those were bids of people trying to bid the card up, which I would not have made that assumption. But I'm not in his head, so I mean, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I believe that that's what he thought that they were, and but he didn't pay. And then it came out yesterday and then Rob went, uh, he, he went live, did an Instagram live to really apologize to the hobby and take responsibility and, and do his best to be accountable for, for not paying for the auction. And um, to many people in the comments, and I read a lot of those comments several hours ago, I haven't looked for the past six hours or so, but it wasn't good enough for a lot of people in the community. Um, and, uh, you know, people are, are are unfollowing him and not listening to his content. I mean, Rob's done some great content in the space. Lots of great content. With He's done lots of collaborations with a lot of people. And um, he he's a, he's a really nice person. Rob's a really nice person. He's a positive person. He's a supportive person. He made a huge mistake. And a mistake might be under-describing what it was. Because you, you, did, you, you didn't pay... Is that a mistake or is that just not paying? I mean, I don't know if that's a mistake. I think the mistake might have been bidding more than he was willing to pay and not and then the 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 real knock against him was he just didn't pay. Like you got to suck it up and pay that bill. You got to take it in the chin. You got to pay that bill. Yeah. And look what's happened now. He's being he's being attacked on on Instagram. And listen, I'm a compassionate person. I have empathy for people. And I'm also a second chance person. I'm not saying that if you, if you go murder somebody, I'm going to give you a second. No, no. 
eye for an eye sort of thing. I will I will look at it that way in a lot in when it comes to a lot of of uh, of crimes. Um, but I for me I don't I'm not defining the man by that action in this one case. I think Rob's a pretty good guy in generally speaking. Um, I've got two and a half years of uh, experience having having conversations with him, and um, I like Rob. I respect Rob. Do I respect what he did? Hell no. Do I wish he didn't do it? Hell yeah. Do I hope he never does it again? Of course. Um, do I want, do I think he deserves to pay a price? Oh, hell yeah. Of course I do. Like you, you, have, you everybody knows you pay that you pay the auction. Number one, <laughs> don't show bid. And number two, pay your auctions. Yeah. Like, like he had to know that he had to do that. Yeah. Anyway, I'm going to, I'm going to end my opening uh, piece on this with that, David, I'm going to turn it over to you to get your thoughts and then we'll go to some comments. Okay. So I, you know, uh, on the you I, you pretty well laid out the timeline, um, but I I do want to I do want to kind of add a couple pieces to that. So you know, we only found out in hindsight that he had you know not paid, but there there were some comments on a different thread about that particular Eli and several others where he was like he had said he bid on it and was congratulating the winners which, you know, now in hindsight kind of looks like it, that's a little bit of a bad look. And then from what I saw today, Jeremy, um, you know, he he's new to the apology video and he took his account private, which didn't really allow the people that he had blocked that were commenting on that during the morning before his apology video you, you know, doesn't really allow them to come back to do anything unless they, you know, go ask uh, to be able to follow him now. And like, why would they even do that? So I, to me, you, you know, th there does come the question of like, does that, do those sort of subsequent actions feel very much like taking accountability? Because, you know, look, I don't, we obviously, no one's going to condone not paying, right? It's it's super simple. If you bid, you need to be ready to pay for it. The end. There, there's no other discussion. It doesn't matter what you think might or might not have happened. You press bid, you need to be ready to back that bid. And, you know, I would, in my opinion, this is no different than the shilling world. And I said it then about, about shilling. If you're shilling, you're a cheat. That's what you are. And there should be no debate about that. The same thing here. If you're going to bid and you don't pay, you're a cheat. And, and like that, that's just, that's not specific to the hobby. That is in anything else, anywhere else out there. You, there are no other, the, we don't have these other bills that you can't pay, right? If I don't pay my electricity, there's a consequence. If I don't pay my car note, there's a consequence. And, and, you know, the, unfortunately, kind of the hobby has had little to no, any real serious consequence around shilling or non-paying. Like we know that that's, we all know that that's kind of been a plague and we're, you know, we've seen some actions by, by some of the auction houses and eBay to try to, you know, move things over to auto pay at the end of auctions, which, you know, is a, a great topic for another time is some of the issues that are involved with that. But, you know, I think everybody recognizes that something has got to be cleaned up. And so, 
you know, there's there's certainly the disappointment aspect of somebody with that level of following having having, you know, made the decision not to pay. That's really disappointing. But I also, you know, I, I also appreciate the frustration and and some level of the anger that that some people have had about that. But yeah. I do think it's key and you've touched on it. And I, I have this I have this same you know note written down that people on both sides of this tend to almost over personalize it in a way. And what I mean by that is like the, the people that are sort of on the attack are, are very much almost kind of attacking the person versus the behavior. And, and I think it's the behavior is the core issue here. And, and that can kind of get lost in, in those attacks. But at the same time, the people that are really want to be there to kind of forgive and, and not necessarily defend, but, you know, readily participate in rehabilitation. I think some of that is also linked to some of their maybe personal relationship, you know, with Rob. And, and in my opinion, they tend to sort of overlook the person who got cheated. And so, you know, it's, it's, I think it's important that we kind of stop rushing to judgment because social media tends to be a place for instant reaction and not necessarily entirely thoughtful processes. You, you know, if we can slow that down, it, that does that doesn't mean you can't still be critical because I, I I was today in my post I think a properly critical of what had happened and I think that consequences like loss of followers and people tuning out and I mean all of that's deserved and I don't think it's going to be over I think that people who are unaware of it should be made aware of it um, and at least for some period of time so that, you know, they can actually decide who they want to do business with and who they don't. Those things, I mean, those things need to be important. They should be important. And, and the hobby has kind of created a culture where maybe it's not as important as it needs to be. But we, you know, there's still got to be, I, I am sensitive to the idea that like there's a human being element to it. Now, I don't, I'm not interested in getting into theological, I'm, I'm pretending to be Bill at Ethos Pitch. I'm not want to get into theological and hermeneutics and eschatological debates over what he had done. We know it's wrong. He shouldn't do it. And so, you know, the path forward, people can decide how they want to handle it. And listen, he had no, he, there's also the question of, should he even have to apologize? Um, you know, that's, that's really up to him. And again, my my disappointment was extended by the idea, like putting the apology video out there was actually, I felt like a really appropriate step. But if you're going to nuke it within 24 hours, like you're kind of just feeding that frenzy of attacks. So, you know, again, I'm sure there was a bunch of crap in there too that he just didn't want to have to deal with. And so... Well so let, let me, you got a lot of stuff. You got said a lot of uh, pertinent points there. And um, I have a few, I have a few uh, responses to some of those. So the part about him uh, blocking people and, and then taking down his apology video, I think that's the fight or flight instinct. You know, he, yeah. he tried to apologize. He tried to take accountability, which 
which we'll come back to that. What what really is accountability in this case? And he got and he just got attacked and attacked and attacked. And listen, I mean, what are you gonna like? You know, someone someone's punching in the face. Are you gonna stand there and take it? Are you gonna run away, right? Or, or, or are you gonna are you gonna? It, he's not in a position to fight back. He just wasn't. It was it's right. too overpowering. So he and and I get that. I get that response. And I'm not gonna hold that against him. I.e., blocking people, nor um, taking down the video because you're literally just putting yourself in the line of fire and he's already definitely hurting emotionally. You know, he's got a family, he's got young kids. Like, uh, and I do care about that. I do care about a man and a family. I have young kids myself. So I have some compassion towards that. And I know that it can also impact his kids and that's not right. No matter what he did. Um, it's not like he, what he did is not something that's going to land. Like there's no, there's no police involved. There's no crime here. It's just against eBay policy and hobby etiquette. And I don't, I'm not giving him a pass on that. Don't get me wrong. I want to give his family a pass on it. I don't want this to bleed into, into his family dynamics. So I, I don't, I, I don't hold the fight or flight response against him there, but let's talk about accountability for a second. Like what is account? How does one become accountable? Do they need to sit in front of that line of fire and take it and take it and get beat down and beat down? Is that what people want? Or do they, or do you just want an, or does the hobby or the vocal, the vocal, hobby would just want him to pay a price of losing some of his status in the hobby perhaps not having a as successful of an ebay account or a podcast or an instagram account maybe that's the accountability uh the other thing i just want to bring up sean red's comment here sean here says jeremy imagine losing my six thousand eleven dollar megabit auction to rob and then he doesn't pay and now i need to pay 6k instead of the three you paid if you wanted to sell well that's not the case that's not how it would work that 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 would be unfair what would be fair is if you look at the third bidder. So Rob did offer in his apology video to make financially whole the person who bought the card and the seller. And I think the way you do that is you you look at what did the person who would have bought the card if you didn't have to pay for it. So take Rob's bid out. And and I'm not very good at analyzing bid history, but analyze it that way because really in Sean Red's comment here, well, I wouldn't have paid the six. I would have said, well, no. Your guy didn't pay. I'm not going to, there wasn't a third bidder right under my bid. Yeah. And in Rob's case, there were those two guys that bid 1827. So I think both of them should be off the hook. And then I, I looked at, I think the next bid was like nine something or eight something. So in my <laughs> right. case, if I was advising Rob, I would say, you need to pay the guy. If the guy spent 1800 on it, you need to pay him back 1800 minus nine, make yeah. him whole for 900 and then pay the seller the difference up to what you would have paid. The delta on the fee. The yeah. delta. So Sean Red's comment here, while I understand what Sean is saying, that's not technically how it should work out. That would not, Sean says, God, I think, I think, you under, like, I'm not, I'm just really trying to be logical. No, and it, I'm looking at this. And this I think just that that happened is, to me recently, Jeremy, where I had this same sort of event um, where somebody had outbid me, they didn't pay. And, and it, some of it is a flaw with eBay because, eBay's second chance offer puts it back to you at whatever that, you know, second bid was, it doesn't acknowledge, you know, who's the next bid underneath that. And like, in my instance, the bid underneath, if I, if you eliminate all bids from the high bidder, and then like you said, go to the third bid, I should have been paying, you know, around half what the thing had gone for. So, so part of it is just, it's, it's a, let's call it a technological 
um, inconsistency around how eBay handles the second chance offers. eBay is looking at it as if you have a second item to sell, not as an individual auction, right? right? Not an item that's only 10 made and like people have been waiting a while. Okay, we're going to take a short break from from this topic. We're going to bring on uh, Leighton Sheldon for the vintage spotlight segment so a little intermission i know i know i know there are people that are having sort of uh uh hobby fatigue drama fatigue so let's let's take a break to in honor of the people having fatigue let's bring layton on layton uh welcome back to the show vintage spotlight segment how you doing today buddy good thanks for having me jeremy how are you today david i'm great i'm excited you're here because i've got i've got two questions locked and loaded for you well, I got one locked and loaded for you, David. All right. Well, let's let's jump in. Let, let's do this. Everybody, first, please welcome Leighton Sheldon back to the show. You can follow Leighton on Instagram, Leighton underscore Sheldon, just underscore collect. Leighton, how do you like my oh, shirt tonight? Thanks, Jeremy. I appreciate the love. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Check out his podcast, Trading Card Therapy, not to be confused with the sports card therapist. Um <laughs> Maybe I should have chosen a different name, but no, joking aside, I still like the name. So, uh, yeah, okay. Well, with that, let's get into the questions you guys have for each other. David, why don't we kick it off with you? All right, let's let's start. We'll start with the tough one, and then I'll give you the layup later a second. Um, my first question for you is, is celebrity involvement in the hobby a good thing that brings awareness, or... Is it simply entertainment because who wants to watch me open a box? Or is it just a cog in the hype machine that actually could be bad for intelligent collecting down the road? Great question, David. So I'm going to give you what my gut tells me. And my gut tells me it's a good thing because I've been a hobbyist for multiple decades. And I can tell you as a young kid, David, I dreamed about instances where the the hobby, the industry, whatever you'd like to call it, would be as big as today. And I also understand that whether it be you have a favorite sitcom show or you follow a certain game show, there's celebrity gossip, celebrity endorsements that exist in all facets of our life. And there's plenty of intelligent people who don't listen to Jennifer Aniston when she says to buy this makeup, right? Mm -hmm. Or listen to Matthew McConaughey say to buy this car, but yet... We enjoy looking at them or listening to them. So I guess that's how I would answer that. Yeah. I think that's fair. I agree. I mean, someone put in the comment just now, uh, Diamond Dog here says, as long as it's not Taylor Swift, who's taken over <laughs> the NFL, which is, I just think it's, I think it's annoying. But is, let me, let me ask a question to both of you. Is Taylor Swift dating Travis Kelsey and being in all these games, is that good for, for football as far as the business of football, the hobby of collecting cards, is it good for the sport? Not on the field, but just, you know, in media. Is it good or is it not good? Uh, what do you guys think, David? What do you think? Is it good or not? I, you know, I'm personally sort of indifferent to it, but I'm, you know, I'm looking at it through the lens of a of a sports fan. And so, you know, Taylor didn't, Taylor doesn't bring me any additional awareness, but you know, having a having a son in college that has a girlfriend that's not necessarily really a sports person, like she's all of a sudden aware of Travis Kelsey. Now, I that may not be good for Travis Kelsey if he's not able to, you know, ultimately seal the deal here. So 
Um, but I think I think his brother's already warned him about that. Uh, but no, I I think you know at the end of the day, some collaborations may make some sense. But you know the NFL was already pretty popular, so I, you know they may think it helps them. I'm not sure. I it feels a lot like celebrity gossip culture almost to me, invading sports a, a little deeper. Yeah, like like yeah, and so. Layton, like my thought, Layton, is that I find it distracting and annoying. Personally, <laughs> if I'm going to watch football, I have zero interest in seeing Taylor Swift in the stands. Like zero. What about you, Layton? What are your thoughts on this whole thing? Well, on a personal level, I am not for or against Taylor Swift. Uh, my sister uh, is in like the Etsy business of making craft earrings, and she makes earrings that look like the ones that Taylor Swift wears on the stage, for whatever that's worth. Um, I just, I guess I bring it back to what David just said a few minutes ago or asked me a few minutes ago. I just generally believe that the more spotlight we can put on a hobby slash industry. Now, once again, I'm not talking about football here. So if you're talking about football, I agree with you, Jeremy. Like in the middle of the Jets game, I don't need to see, you know, what she's up to in the booth, like cheering on Travis against the Jets. The Jets already have enough problems, right? So, you know, I think that um, as far as football goes, it doesn't really matter much to me. And as far as the hobby... I think if it makes more people aware of the game of football, it's better for the hobby and the industry. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, I'm with you. I'm with you. All right, Leighton, you have a question for David. Let's hear it. I do. So, David, I spent some time looking at your Instagram account because I wanted to, you know, understand a little bit more about who you are. And I didn't realize that we actually collect, I guess, similar um, things as far as autographed cards. Yep. So I was curious, and I love, I saw a post about the Griffey Upper Deck Games jersey card. But I was curious, my question is, do you have a white whale autograph card that you've been hunting for for many years? And if so, what is it? And do you think it will ever pop up? Ah, that's a great question. Um, you know, I so when I when I think about who my favorite players are, I, that's probably where I'd gravitate. And my favorite baseball player ever is Walter Johnson. But you know, he's got a lot. There are a lot of autographs, checks, and other other things, you know, that you can find. I, I'm not confident I've ever seen a T206 autographed by him. So, but I know that, like, you know, there's Cobbs and there's, you know, there's Gowdy Ruths and, and all kinds of other stuff. So, yeah, if a... Uh, if, now, my favorite Walter Johnson is the T204, um, the Ramleys. Great so like, if that ever popped up autographed, like, I'm, well, I'm not sure what I would do. Because I mean, we both know that if, if something like that ever came up, I'm not the only guy that, that collects Walter Johnson. I'm definitely not the, the most, you know, the, the deepest pocketbook for that. But, yeah, that would, that would probably be it for me, either a T204 or a T206. By, great by choice. Train. Great choice. Right on. David, you have a second question for yes, Layton? That that be mine's right along the same line. So I, I think you're you're a very you're a big vintage basketball guy, right? Okay, so you can only pick one. Do you want the 61 Fleer Wilt Chamberlain in a PSA 10? That's a pop three. Or would you rather have a 61 Fleer Chamberlain autograph? We just saw one go off in Heritage, and I think that that 
may have been the best one available out there, certainly one of the couple, or a 61 Chamberlain game used jersey. Oh, you're killing me. Um, <laughs> so I'm going to give you the order. And remember, I didn't have any time to rehearse this, folks. So I'm going with the game used jersey first, even though I'm not necessarily a jersey collector. I do appreciate the history of basketball, and I understand. You know, I went to the Hall of Fame when I went up a few months ago to the Boston area in Springfield uh, to do a deal, and I went there for several hours by myself. I would definitely go with the jersey first because it's it's history in your hands right there, and it's extremely yeah. rare. Second is definitely the rookie. It's pretty uh, – the signed rookie, excuse me. Uh, pretty close to the first, but, you know, it's because I'm working on a signed 61 Fleer set. I don't have the Chamberlain. And as much as I appreciate the Chamberlain and the 10 as rookie – I'm one of those card guys, like, I'm okay with the eight or a nine, David, to use your phrase. I don't have the deepest or biggest pocketbook. So, like, the eight or a nine will just be okay for me. Yeah. I, it's the exact same order I would have had, Jeremy. But I, 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 talk about this, I talk about the game use stuff a lot. So, it's nice for everyone to hear someone like Layton. Also, he's, we've been trying to tell y'all. We've been trying to tell you. And no, I don't think either one of us would take that jersey and cut it up into 250 pieces and make cards out of it either. No, if I did, I'd want someone to check me in somewhere. <laughs> oh, the oh, the jokes we could tell right now. Yeah. Okay, good. Um, Leighton, anything uh, anything else you'd like to uh, mention? What's going on? Anything going on? Just collect vintage breaks you'd like to let the audience know about? No, listen, all I would say is that uh, I guess – you know, I heard a few minutes of what you guys were talking about before. Um, I just think in general in the hobby, just like in life, right? Try to treat others the way that you want to be treated. It's not that hard. It really isn't. Um, and so along those lines, Jeremy and I were texting earlier today. David, we're going to do something really cool on the show here next week. We're going to give away a free graded vintage card. Jeremy and I will kind of hash out which one it should be. But it's really an appreciation of Jeremy's audience, the hobby as a whole. And, you know, what I'm coining something called cards giving, what we're doing all week here, you know, locally in New Jersey with our Just Collect and our Vintage Break store is really a great time to give back. So that's what I would encourage folks around Thanksgiving time is just be grateful that the hobby, yes, it's flawed like anything else is in life, but there's so many great people. There's so much great stuff. There's amazing stories to be told. So just try to look at the bright side of things. And, you know, if you're not sure, you know, and David, I'm curious, and Jeremy, I'm curious as well. This is kind of my last, I guess, thought I would ask you guys is, you know, if you're not sure about something that makes you feel uncomfortable, it's okay to pass. You know, if you don't buy that grail for your collection because it's gone too much or you're not sure about authenticity or you're not sure if one's going to pop up at auction again, more than ever before, I've been confident in my collecting journey to just pass and it'll be okay if I don't get that item. What do you guys think about that? I'm. I think it's a. I think it's a great message to to send. I think that, uh, you know, use your spidey senses. Go with your gut. You know, on, on different things, whether it's just the card or the person you're dealing with, especially dealing remotely. If you are, if you're bidding on an auction and you're get your your spidey senses are tingling, maybe back off. You know. Now, if it's the if it's the only card of its type that you need, you might have to take some added risk. But yeah. I. There are very few cards that I need, need, need that I cannot talk myself out of if I if I want to by saying to myself, there's always more cards to buy. There's always more cards. So 
I think that's I think that's a, a good message to send, Layton. But I also want to say, and yeah, you did just you reached out to me unsolicited today and said I want to give something away to the audience. Um, let's do it. I said let's do it next week instead of tonight because we could start we could promote it and let people know that we're giving away a card instead of being oh by the way. So next week on the show. Uh, Brian Wells from Ship My Cards will be in David Simon Slab spot next week, and we will be giving away. Leighton did send me an option of two cards. I'm just going to pick the one I like the best. I think <laughs> what I, what I, the one I think that the audience will like the best. That's what I will do. Uh, I'm sure I'll be. I'll throw some of my bias in that decision, and we will do a giveaway to everyone who's in the chat. Will be eligible to win that card. And Leighton, thank you for your generosity. That was a very nice thing to volunteer. And I'm looking forward to, to that show next week and having you back on. So um, thanks for coming on for the Vintage Spotlight, everybody, with Leighton Sheldon of Just Collecting Vintage Breaks. Listen to his podcast, Trading Card Therapy. Follow him on Instagram. It's on the ticker. David, thanks for bringing questions for Leighton. Leighton, thanks for bringing questions for David. Thanks, Leighton. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Same to you. Thanks. All right. All right. All right, David. We do have more topics to talk about, but we have to continue with the last one that we just took a bit of a break from. Yeah. But I want to I want to go back. We got lots of comments, and I took some of the time when you guys were asking each other questions to go through all the comments that have been coming through, and I've selected about 10 of them that I want to address. So let's do that, and then we can see what we want to add. Skeppy here says, your electric bill or gas bill is not a proxy bid situation that can be manipulated. I'm not defending non-payers. I'm saying there are there are things going on that are far worse. And that's the reason why I bring up this comment is because I just want to remind people to keep it in, in context. You know, there's another comment. I don't know if I, if I, if I marked it, but somebody said, you know, lifetime of work can be destroyed in an afternoon. It happens all the time in life. Yeah. It happens when people are caught, you know, being, um, uh, uh, what's his made off, you know, when you're, when you're robbing everybody, their money, if you murder somebody, if you, if you commit a crime, you know, that is against a child or, you know, a real, real crime. Now I'm not saying that this, this uh, was, was not something serious in our hobby. This is very serious. I get that. I know that, but there are far worse things going on and let's, you know, I, I just want to keep in context. I mean, as Leighton said, and somebody else just said, you know, the hobby is filled with flawed people. The world is filled with flawed people. The hobby is filled with flawed people. And I would have to guess, David, that everybody who has sent a comment to Rob or commented about this critically, and I'm not saying, and I don't mean like like the way we're, I think we're being very fair about it. We're not attacking the man. Well, I don't think we're attacking the man. I think we're attacking the behavior. And we, and we, agreed that the man should pay a price, a penalty for this. I think that goes without saying. Um, but there shoot, I, there are worse things going on out there. And I just want to remind people, as Leighton was saying, you know, there's a couple things. First of all, we should all learn a lesson from this. Oh, what I was saying, sorry, what I was saying was that everybody who's lobbed uh, a, a harsh criticism or attack against him and want to see this guy like disappear and ruin his life i would i would i would be willing to bet money david that you know 95 percent of those people have something in their past that is probably worse than not paying an ebay auction so there i just you know right i mean come on yes. like, like i don't know i've eaten a peanut out of the barrel at the grocery store before that's theft yeah i've done that i've stolen a peanut from the grocery store i stole from a grocery store i stole from a grocery store a peanut 
Has yeah. anyone else done that? I don't know. Am I the only person in the hobby who's ever done that? You know, like, so I'm just like, let's try and keep it in content. Now, within the hobby, okay, within the world, eating a peanut out of, out of the barrel at the grocery store, minor. Nobody cares. In the hobby, this is more major. I do get that. And I'm, and I'm not making light of that. I'm not. I don't think I've said anything that makes light of that. Uh, Punt Pass Click here says, who wants to spend time monitoring his hobby rehab? Here it is. A lifetime of hard work can be erased with one error. Happens in real life all the time. Yes, it can be. And uh, and that might be the that might be the price he pays hobby wise. Hobby wise, Diamond Dog says seek accountability and take responsibility for your action is a principle of leadership. Hundred percent. Yes, accountability. Take responsibility. We spoke to that earlier. What does it look like to take to to be accountable and take responsibility? I think in his apology video he tried to do that. I think the problem with the apology video was. He talked too much about some other things and right. didn't focus on this is what I'm going to do to make it right. And it kind of got lost in the middle there. And I think not everybody may, maybe caught that piece, which I thought was the most important piece of it all. Maybe the most important 30 seconds of the nine minute, nine minute uh, video. Uh, yep. Diamond Dog here also is hard to imagine this was his first time doing this. Well, that's, listen, maybe, maybe not. I mean, that that's a 50-50, I would say, like, it's hard to imagine it isn't his first, it is his first, sorry, whatever the opposite of that, of that is, yeah. like, why? That's we don't just, know. Yeah, we, we don't, don't know. know. I mean, that's, and now you're just speculating and, and, and casting additional shade. I mean, it's natural to go there if you're, if that's the way you're thinking, but I don't, I don't agree or really support that type of accusation unless. It's a consequence, right? No, he it, did it's it absolutely twice. a consequence. He did it twice that day. So, but I think that's part of this discussion. But did he do it in the past? And if he did, I mean, then then he did. And Diamond Dog, his his uh, his assumption is correct, and it very well might be correct. But I we can't. I don't, I'm not. I'm gonna. I'm not willing to conclude that uh, right now. Mike Nanya says the fact is he knew what he was doing was wrong, and he only apologized because he got caught. He even made a past videos about shilling. Yeah, I mean, let's face it. If he didn't get caught, uh, no, this would never have come up again. Right. So yes. Mike Nanya makes makes a very uh, I think that's an accurate point. I don't think that Rob would have admitted this freely if it didn't happen. Then he says he even made past videos about shilling. I don't think the bid was made as a shill when the bid was made. I think after it after it turned into somewhat of a shill because it wasn't made. But I I genuinely now this is an important distinction, everybody. So please try to follow along with this. What I just said. The bid itself, when it was made, the intention behind it, I don't think was a shill bid. I do not think he made that bid without the intention to pay. I also, we know he was, it wasn't his own card he was bidding on. When he made the bid, he thought he was going to pay for the auction. Only after did he realize that he wasn't willing to pay the price. Now, that's not right. I'm not, I'm not excusing this. Please don't accuse me of excusing what he did. But I don't, I think that the, I think that the bid turned into something like a shill bid after but the intention when it was made i don't think was a shill was the intention of shilling david do you agree with that or any I, more yeah. you want to add to that no i look shilling and not paying are not really the same thing but you know as, as i said earlier and i'm going to continue to be consistent on this i think both of them are basically cheating the system it's cheating other bidders it's cheating the seller and the platform 
And so from a, you know, from that perspective, it's similar. Um, but, you know, technically shilling and not paying are kind of two different things. But, you know, either way, they result in a, a real inefficiency and they have they both have impacts into confidence in pricing within the market. And that that is that it has been and continues to be a massive issue, which is why, you know, I think we all should be trying to do everything we can to root that stuff out. Yeah, fair, fair comments. I mean, yeah, yeah. Okay, let's keep on going through through a few more. Mike, uh, thanks, Mike. I appreciate that. Jeremy M., good evening. Welcome to the show. Chad Shipper, welcome to the show. Corey Carr says, sorry, all, I came in late. A play on words right there. Very funny. Corey, I, I, uh, I like that I came in late. Um, let's go to uh, Brent D. Value. I'm not here for the trauma. I promise. <laughs> welcome. Uh, Titty Sub says, yeah. David has mega hair. <laughs> playing on the on the mega. Uh, he sure he sure does. Punt packs. Punt pass clicks as more people should have friends like Jeremy. Yeah, I'm just trying to be logical about the situation. That's it. I'm not giving him a pass, you guys. I'm just trying to be logical and look at it objective as objectively as I possibly can. Diamond Dog says, I wish Rob the best in life, but hard to view him the same at the moment. I think that's fair. I think that's fair. It's like it's like the comment a few minutes ago. You sp- you spend a life building or two and a half years building up a reputation as a podcaster in the hobby somebody who does what I do goes and talks about these things and then it can be wiped away in a moment. Like I can tell you, I am, I'm way, I'm just too paranoid to do anything. I would never not, I would never put myself in a position to get caught. Like I can, I sleep very well at night because I know that I'm like, I'm towing the line. I'm, I'm doing, I'm following the rules. And I wish Rob would have done that too, because it would have saved him a person who I care about the person. I care about the person. And I know you know he's a he's a he's a hobby father. He's a card dad, just like I am, just like David is, and many of you are. You know, I think about the deeper the deeper situation. So, um, but it is it is even for people who are his friends in the hobby, we're all gonna be like Rob. You did that. You did that stupid thing. Uh, Diamond Dog says everybody loves a good comeback story, and I mean that's. You know, that's where we think about like rehabilitation and then making amends, showing true remorse. So if you show true remorse, you make amends and you mean it. Like you can't just fake it. You have to be super, you just, you have to, you have to mean it. And I think, and I'm, we will all judge Rob ourselves uh, or assess the way he does that if we believe him or not. And I mean, I'm, you know, I'm not going to try and convince anybody. I'm just going to share what I, how I'm going to do it uh, when I see those behaviors and actions. Mike Petty says he gets a game misconduct and a five game suspension for sprinkling too much health and wellness with, with, with shill bidding, which is a play on his, um, Mm. his opening statements. Um, David, I'm going to review the comments that have come out, come through in the past couple of minutes. Uh, but any response to all of these things that we just went through? So, you know, I think I, nobody likes talking about this stuff. Um, I think it's important that we do. But I also like I also like want to kind of wrap it up. But I, let's do it this way. The I think a lot of people are becoming more and more paralyzed with the with the ideas of shill bids and 
so what I wanted to do is talk a little bit about why I just, I had to stop worrying about it and how I just mentally get over it. And that that's through a few things. The first thing I do is first thing I would recommend to people, just do your research, right? Make sure you know what it is you're buying and set limits for yourself. Um, I know for me, my limits need a little bit of wiggle room, but for the most part, I set I set bid limits, I set dollar limits, and just to make sure uh, you know that I understand based on what my biases might be or or my you know how I can get caught up sometimes my own personal psychology that kicks in when I'm bidding. Um, I need those limits to do that, and it's important to kind of review that and and make sure that you understand how you react in certain situations. Don't get in a hurry. Be thoughtful about it, right? When I, the times I've made the worst mistakes on stuff like this is when I hadn't really thought it through and I was just acting emotionally in the moment. Um, I think it's important to find other people in the hobby to bounce ideas off of. I just did this yesterday. There was something in an auction that I wanted. I made a couple phone calls to people who knew my collection and, and knew a lot about me. And, and they just sort of helped me clarify some things that were in my mind. I mean, guys, at the end of the day, you have the most control over what you're willing to bid and you've got to get comfortable what you're willing to pay. And at the end of the day, for me, once I've done that, I can't concern myself with what other people are doing. And I don't want to, I, if I continue to look backwards and under this idea that like, you know, somehow if this thing hadn't happened, I'd be able to do this other thing. Like the spider web of choices is impossible to assess really. Um, and, it, and it's kind of a futile exercise. Like, do I know I get shilled in Mookie bets auctions all the time? Did I get shilled when I was building some of my sets? Yes, because people knew some of the cards I needed. But at the end of the day, I control my bids. That's really all I can do. I can control what, you know, paying for the things that I win. And at the end of the day, I always believe that there's there's something else out there. So, you know, barring like you had mentioned, there are so few cards that really fall into that. Like I'll never, ever get another chance category. There's just so few of those. And like, and, and so if you can kind of if you just move your psyche away from, from that idea, uh, you know, I just think you can get a lot more comfortable with what you're doing. And, you, and which again, is not to say we need to talk about these things when they happen, but just don't let them paralyze you when you're chasing things down, you, you know, figure out the steps that work for you, control your bids, pay for your stuff. And I, listen, you'll sleep good at night. I'm telling you. Yeah. Well, exactly. Exactly. So, okay. Uh, Mike Petty here says, when I was 13, I stole butter from a store because I didn't want to wait in line. I was 13, not 40. <laughs> right? No, that that's fair, right? Like 13-year-olds do things. But, you know, just to to make the point, Mike Petty, have you have you jaywalked in your 40s? Have you ever jaywalked? <laughs> have you ever crossed the street when the when the hand was red? Like, I mean, again, let's let's keep it in context here, right? There's there are worse things out there in the hobby. There is even in the hobby, trimming is way worse counterfeiting cards counterfeiting slabs uh stealing cards at a card show these are all way worse things i feel at least to me 
Those are way worse in the hobby than just than not paying for an auction. Again, don't take what I just said out of context. I am not saying that it is not bad what he did in our hobby. I would never do that. I would pay. I've paid all my auctions every single time, even when I pay more than I, even when I bid more than I want to pay. But when I make a mega bid, <laughs> the term itself is kind of funny to say. When I when I make a mega bid, I will. I always think to myself, what if there's another mega bidder out there who's going to drive me up? I once was the guy who drove someone else up, uh, David. This goes back several years. A Roberto Luongo card from National Treasures was sitting like $250. It's a one-on-one. I wanted the darn card. I'm like, this is going to go for four or $500. I bid, I think I bid $1,111.11. Bid it with like one second left. It spun around and I got the, you have been outbid. I'm like, oh my God, there was another crazy idiot out there who bid over $1,100 for this Roberto Luongo card. And I didn't win the card. That guy hates me right now. He hated me. The funny thing is I bought it back several years later on eBay for like $250. So I I ended up saving money, but there are, you have to be prepared. Now I don't know if that guy paid for it and never, it didn't come up for a couple more years, but if you're going to put in a mega bid, any, any bid, you pay, you pay when you win that auction. Yeah. Now I guess there is the, the situation. Well, what happens if there is a reasonable, uh, you can reasonably conclude that you were shilled. I, and that's it. I don't care. I'm my stance on that. No, is it do doesn't you, matter. Do you doesn't pay matter. and then investigate? I think you pay and then you maybe call eBay and deal with eBay and say, was I shilled here? What I do, Jeremy, I pay and I move on because I just can't, if I've taken the other steps, if I've done the research, I know what I'm buying and I've gotten comfortable paying what I'm willing to pay. I, I just can't worry about that stuff. It, I Rob, Sorry, David, I've said it on this show several times. I have been shilled a lot. I'm sure about it. I'm sure I've been shilled, but I don't really, I don't really like, do I care? Yeah. It'd be nice to get that extra money back, but I don't spend any energy on it. I paid yes. the bill. Yes. I was happy. I was willing to pay what I bid. You can go back and find me saying this. I'm, I've, I bid what I was willing to pay. If I was shilled, I look at it as just the cost of doing business in this hobby when you get shilled. Now I'm not, now see, oh, so Jeremy's okay with shill. No, I'm not okay with shill bidding, but I can't control it. Neither can eBay. Only, right. only us participants can. So don't shill. Just don't shill. Okay. Uh, Deep Value says, I've seen mug shots of people who have some of the biggest hobby accounts. I'm with Jay Lee. I was thinking about his kids and his wife. I think that's that's a an empathetic approach. Punt Pass Click says, Rob is also not a normal hobbyist. He has a podcast where he extols virtue on a frequent basis. Isn't he also a licensed professional in real life? Yeah, he is a he is an actual therapist who made who, who did something that we we think he shouldn't. We all agree he should not have done uh, for certain. You, the, you know, he's he says he's not a normal hobbyist. Like, you know, you don't have to have a podcast to not be a normal hobbyist. Uh, David has an Instagram account. David, right there, is an influencer. If you are putting your opinions on Instagram, you're an influencer doesn't matter if you have a podcast or a YouTube channel, you are still as accountable, I would say, as as anybody who puts their head, their 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 face or their voice out there, in my opinion. Um, Irish Flyer says, as long as he makes others whole financially, then I'm good with it. Valuable lesson learned, I believe. Yeah, I would just add one more thing to Irish Flyer's comment. As long as he makes others whole, 
learns the lesson and never does it again, which I think is, is what he's saying in terms of learns the lesson. Titty Sub says, I think the issue is there is a higher standard to someone who puts themselves out there as a voice in the industry. Yeah. And that goes for all the voices again, not just podcasts and YouTubers. It goes for anybody who's putting their opinions in their stories and their, uh, their, their tweets or anywhere. I would think if you are sharing your thoughts and opinions on things, I think you should be held to a higher standard. I agree with that. And, you know, as somebody who's been doing this for three and a half years now, I welcome that higher, put that higher. I actually need that higher standard to be on me because it keeps me in line. I mean, I, I do. I, I'm by the book. I'm by the book. I, I, at least I think I am. Uh, Mark Santucci says, did eBay shut down his account? Um, uh, David shakes his head. They're not, not doing that. that. I don't know for sure, but I mean, come on. They're not going to do that. They don't even know about it. Here's the thing. No, they don't even know. They, they don't even know about it because uh, he non-paid this. Like, I, I don't know when it was exactly, but I'm guessing it was. case, he got a strike, right? Uh, Diamond Dog says, can forgive, don't forget. I mean, that's that's so reasonable. No one, let's face it, this isn't going to be forgotten. And it's going to be brought up over and over again for the next several months. Uh, by, by by very it's gonna people are gonna be reminded about this. And yeah, Rob's gonna have to live with that. Really simple. Uh Titty Sub says podcast guy backing podcast guy. Hashtag gang. I mean, I don't know if I've if if I've said anything that's backing him. Uh really, I don't think all I've all I've shared are my opinions on the behavior. That's what I feel I've done. If anyone thinks that I have unreasonably uh, backed him for doing something wrong, then you know, let me know what I said exactly because um, I don't really feel like I've backed what he's done. I just think that I have empathy for the man and the family behind the man. Simple as that. Uh, Justin Bode, I love you guys, but you gotta pay for your for your stuff. Yeah, uh, of course. And there's but no I, doubt, Justin. Have you heard anything different from me? I don't believe any. I don't believe anyone has ever heard or seen or thought any differently. I have consistently said this and and by the way let's just make sure that it's on the record adam at the real guy and rob when they did their shill bidding content adam did a first episode with me about it and part of that was because adam is a very empathetic person he doesn't want to be involved or contribute to what some people call the negativity comment and i i sort of made him you know, do that with me so that we could try to talk about the shilling piece that, that had gone on with Shay in, in a more reasonable manner that wasn't just, again, personalized on a person. And so then uh, uh, Adam and Rob did one together as well. And so, you know, the timing of that ends up being ironic to then then transition over to this non-paying issue. But like, let's don't ever, don't, no one's going to, pretend like that's not what i've said i've been very clear if you bid you need to pay and if you don't you're a cheat it's that simple end of conversation and let's keep it going here though <laughs> four by four rubicon says in my opinion who is really at fault at the end of the day is ebay they allow non-payers a massive scale and they do nothing about it yeah i mean i'm not willing to i understand that comment it is within the the in the environment, the platform does allow you to not pay. I think they're trying to do something about that with automatic payments, uh, which I think they should. But 
I don't really care that eBay lets it happen, Rubicon. And I, I, I know I'm not coming at you here. I don't think I don't care that eBay doesn't let it happen. We, as the hobby, we, you, Rob knew the whole time that what he was that by not paying that he was breaking the the hobby's code. So yeah. I'm not willing to to uh, give the eBay excuse for Rob's um, action of not paying for the for the item. Collector's Dream said, Rob needs to come on your show, be completely honest, and admit his mistake. And I'll be honest, I thought about that. I've thought about having him on the show. Um, and I don't know if, listen, I would be willing to do that to a degree. Um, maybe I am, maybe I would, maybe I will do that. But I also, you know, I don't know how much more I want to talk about this personally. Right. Uh, I, I, you know, I'm booked out three months with guests on Saturday nights. Like, what are we going to, I'm going to bring them on in February to rehash this. I am literally booked up through January with guests. So, um, I, I, I would like to be able to do that for Rob, my friend, uh, you know, who did something that I don't condone. Uh, but, but we'll see, we'll see, I guess. Hobby champ says, I love Rob's round tables. Hopefully this won't affect them. I mean, he has done some really good content in, in, in the past two and a half years. Very popular. He's a very popular uh, YouTube show and, and podcast. Justin Bode says, I've been in crazy situations, but always pay, baby. Yeah, good for you, Justin. Keep it up. And that's what we should all be doing all the time. Diamond Dog says, I enjoy all of Rob's content. That's very nice. Mike Petty says, nope, never jaywalk, but I do speed in the resto mods once in a while. Yeah, I mean, so like we... We all do things that are maybe against the law here and there. And I, and you know, hobby law to us is as important as real <laughs> law, right? Like it's hobby law. You pay for, you don't shield bid and you pay for your auctions. That is hobby law. Unfortunately, there's no governing body to, uh, to really enforce it. Deep value says with so much shilling, I won't mega bid. Well, then you've never wanted a card bad enough, Brent. <laughs> I mean, that's it. It's as simple as that, really. You've never wanted a card quite as bad as some of us have. Hobby Champ says, I said this yesterday. Rob committed a hobby misdemeanor, not a hobby felony. Life goes on. I think that's a reasonable comment there. Like I said, he didn't, he's not trimming cards. He's not counterfeiting cards. And I don't know where these things rank. And I'm not going to be the one who ranks them. And maybe I will rethink this. You know, as I'm going to bed tonight, I think actually not paying for an auction is as bad as trimming or counterfeiting or cleaning or whatever it is that people hate going on that goes on out there. <clears throat> Mike, welcome to the show. Mike Double V. Uh, okay. All right. Lots of comments. New topic. Yeah, here we go. Here we go. Who said it? Someone <laughs> says new topic. Uh, so let's let's do that, David. All right. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. <laughs> 